I'm crazy about tracking. I track everything I do. Like this, for me, it's, it's the most important thing because I can see the evolution. Um, and what yeah. I see from them is that 200 milliseconds, 190 milliseconds, it is terrible for an athlete. You know, an athlete needs to have at least 180, which is the the the, the sweet point for athletes. But hmm. the reaction time, in, in depending on the game, is not that important. It's more important the cognitive abilities in terms of short memory, um, ability to communicate, and um, vision. Happy Monday, everyone. This is your host, Jeffrey Wu. Welcome to another episode of the HVMN Podcast. This week, we have on Vince Mancini. He's a professional gamer and content creator who goes by the moniker Noted. The average reaction time is about 215 milliseconds. Vince, who's from Brazil, has insanely fast reaction time. In fact, he holds a world record for this with a reaction time of going all the way down to around 97 milliseconds. In his effort to become the best gamer there is and break even more records, Vince has been on a biohacking journey, experimenting with fasting, nutrition, nootropics, biohacking, biotech, quantitative self, you name it. It was really refreshing to talk to someone who has just recently got into the biohacking world and his fascination and excitement really reminded me of the time that I first got into the space about five years ago. Vince and I discuss which nootropics and which biohacks have been effective for him, the nuances of measuring reaction time, and how he compares with other elite athletes in Major League Baseball and other sports, and how he tracks his progress and improvements daily with cognitive measures and tests. If you're tuning in via audio, remember to hit that subscribe button for weekly episodes. For folks on YouTube, please subscribe and hit that bell to enable post notifications. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Hey Vince, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Jeffrey? So it sounds like you have a Brazilian Portuguese accent. So where do you dial in from? I'm from South America. My family is mainly from Italy, so I have a little bit of accent. I'm working on it, okay? <laughs> but it's going to take me a while. So Brazil? Yeah, oh, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm actually going to Rio in November for a friend's wedding. So be first time in Brazil. Yeah, and cool. obviously, a lot of interesting folks in Brazil around Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA. But you're not an MMA fighter. You're a professional athlete in the realm of esports, which is arguably the fastest growing sport period. I think MMA for a time was in up on the upswing, but esports. Give me your thoughts there. I mean, I think before diving into one particular angle, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your background and story of, of how you became a elite performer in the world of cognitive performance. That's an interesting question, actually, because the esports has been growing so much. It's a billionaire industry already. Next year is going to be the blow from esports, in my opinion. This year was like the beginning of everything. Next year is going to blow up and it's going to be amazing. So that's when the cognitive enhancement products become something very interesting for the esports players, yeah. myself included. I used to play for Pain Gaming, which is a big organization here in Brazil. And I used to have a lot of trouble relating to concentration because I can't do boring stuff. So I, I sit down, for example, in class and I see the teacher speaking. I can't do this. I need to be entertaining all the time. And that's when I decided to see what is this and, and just search something that would calm me down just so I could concentrate that, that I was doing in the game. Right. And my task would be an entry fragger, pretty much, which is the guy that goes first, that gets the first kill for the team, which is something extremely hard because you need to pay attention not only the cause of your teammates, but also in what you're doing, in your aim, your precision. And that's when the cognitive enhancement comes in handy for me. Yeah, much. yeah. I mean, I want to dive into the details there and the, the types of games and the types of oh, metrics yeah, sure. you measure. But to just give context, it'd be interesting to get your story around, you know, I grew up playing video games. I played StarCraft, Counter-Strike. I don't have much time to play video games today, but curious to hear how this went from a hobby. I think everyone in today's generation has played some sort of video game. How did this become a career path? Uh, when did you realize that, hey, I'm like not just pretty good at this game. I'm like one of the best in the Can world. Can you career? Yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough, I used to be a tennis player. I don't know if you still told you about it. Okay. And yeah, I grew up playing tennis as well. I worship that sport so much because it's the only sport 
at least from what I know, that is extremely lonely. So it's you and your mind in the curves and you need to figure out what you do and learn with yourself every single day. So this was extremely valuable for me. I lost my dad when I was three years old uh, in a car crash and it was very hard to grow up without a father and stuff like this. So for me, tennis was always there, me and my mind working myself up. So I pretty much learned a ton of stuff with tennis. And actually there's a good book that I read. I can send for you if you want. Uh, it's from Don Campbell, I think, is The Inner Game of Tennis. Mm. It's extremely valuable, this book. And I learned how to use the right side of your brain to create place in the tennis court. So it's really interesting. One day I woke up at 6 a.m. like always. I went to the court with a friend and it was normal. It was warm up and I pretty much was doing jumps because as tall as you jump in tennis, as better you can serve mm -hmm. and as stronger would be your serve. And I was practicing jumps and you need to jump and land in one leg always. And I did it. I was doing extremely fast and extremely tall and uh, high. And an incident happened pretty much. I jumped and I land in my left foot when my left foot was twisted. Mm. So I broke my entire feet pretty much. I didn't need uh, surgery or anything, but the problem is that the fragments from the bones went below the tendon. So I couldn't step. So I still feel this. I can't run for longer hours. For example, for one hour, two hours, I can't run that much. I still feel the pain and that was pretty much the end for me on wow. tennis. And then so how old I, were you when this happened? I was 17, I think. Okay. And you're a pretty competitive tennis player. I was getting there because you're getting the ATP worker, you need one point. Yeah. And I was about to get into a challenger, uh, which is when you can get one point to right. start the ATP worker. And I used to practice with the best in Brazil, actually. And I used to be very grateful for them to include myself. But I had something that the others didn't have, which was the reaction time already in that point. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, 10 years old, practicing. I used to practice against the big guys. And normally when you serve, you got to go to the net and volley, right. right? So when you go to the net and volley, you need to have good reaction time. Other than that, you're just going to get hit in your chest by a ball. Yeah. And it's going to be extremely painful. So I was not afraid of that. Like I used to go and be ready and never got hit. I always volley back. So it used to be one of my strongest points. And that's when I realized, wait, I have a good reaction time. That's cool. And <laughs> that's pretty much when I realized this. But after I broke my leg, my yeah, leg. was that a freak accident? I mean, that just sounds wild. So you just did a jumping exercise, like what box jumps or just like the serving motion, yeah. and then yeah. your leg just shattered. Yeah. So for this exercise, you need a little jump pedal okay. that you're gonna jump in, and you're gonna serve, and then you're gonna land one foot. So it is a little bit dangerous if your foot lands wrongly in the floor. And I did, and it shredded pretty much my left side foot. And I couldn't walk for pretty much six months, I think. I had to put like, um, I don't know how you guys call it in English, but it's called a gesso in Brazil. It's something that makes your ankle extremely fixed and you can't move at all. Like a cast. No. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's okay. the word. In those six months, I was sitting in my bed. I couldn't move. And I was thinking, wow, this is the end of my career. Like, what can I do? My, my doctor said I can't go back. I can't do anything else. What is competitive that I can do and use something that I have, which is the reaction time, because I already had the knowledge of it. And then snapped on me, gaming. Then I started and I was just playing for fun, you know, just having a good time. And I met a person called Gabriel Toledo, which is Fallen. He plays for MIBR, I think, today, okay. which is a big organization. And he's probably one of the best Brazilian gaming athletes out there. And he's extremely humble, extremely nice guy. And I learned so much with him in terms of humility, in terms of how to learn stuff, how to disconstruct stuff to learn. Like, for example, in games that you play, you need to learn a movement, let's say. And a movement that you learn in the game is going to help throughout your career. Yeah. And if you learn that the proper way, it's going to help you out even more. So I learned how to disconstruct this and learn each step by step and pretty much become a master of that movement itself. Right. So I learned a lot with him and I'm very thankful for Gabriel because he was an awesome teacher, awesome friend as well. And then I started my career in gaming, pretty much doing videos. And when this snapped was when people started seeing that I was doing stuff that no one else could do in terms of reaction time, flick shot. Mm -hmm. When you flick shot something, it's like- So when this you is see stepping back. This is like a first person shooter. You're playing like shooting games. 
Yes, first-person shooter, shooting games. But I played pretty much everything. So what was the initial game you started getting into? The first game was Counter-Strike 1.6, okay. which is extremely old. Yeah, but I remember that, back in middle school days, I was playing, yeah, 1.6. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so. I know so. That used to be very popular. Yeah. But the first game that snapped was Rainbow Six and CSGO, which okay. is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. I used to do some flick shots that uh, when you flick shot, it's like you look in the center of the screen. And funny enough, I learned to juggle with tennis balls. And later on, I learned how this helped me out to have a better peripheral vision to do this type of stuff. And I'm writing a book and this is going to be in my book, uh, how I did and everything else. But extremely interesting. And pretty much when you flick shot, you have your vision in the center. There's your crosshair and you need to pay attention in your crosshair all the time. And as soon as the enemy appears, you need to put the crosshair in his head and hit, of course. And flick shots are when you see the enemy in your peripheral vision and you do it so fast yeah. that even the enemy can't react. So it's extreme. It's like, I'm looking here, bah, like I killed the guy up here. Yeah. You know, stuff like this. And that's when people are started to subscribe. That's when I started to receive like a 500 messages a day like how are you doing man what's your configuration and i was like dude is this happening man that's awesome because i'm sure I'll, people also thought you're these like aim bots like i remember yes, back in the day lot, you can have these hacking tools where just like the computer itself would play for you yes, i'm sure people thought you were like cheating too in the beginning yes because i didn't have like a mouse cam and they used to think, no, this guy is 100% hacking. Yeah. You know, like this guy is not that good. And then I bought a camera and I was filming my hand doing the movement. And that's when he blow up because everyone is, oh, this actually it's him doing it. Yeah. And when he blow up was like, I was doing highlights of my gameplay and stuff like this. And people start subscribing and asking, how do I can improve this? How can I improve that? And that's when I become extremely, extremely into the biohacking stuff to become a better version of myself. And this is a very cliche phrase to say, but it is what it is. Humans want to become a better version of themselves so they can live their day better, feel better about themselves, and think faster, and react faster. I imagine in Silicon Valley right now, it must be crazy. I know people, and you probably talk about this in one of your podcasts, that microdose LSD to become more creative. And I think this is extremely interesting. Of course, the long-term effects, we never know, and that's why I don't try. But I know people that does this, and yeah. actually there's an athlete that does this. Of course, he doesn't microdose LSD, he microdose other stuff, but he improved a lot, and he's a world champion now in a game called Counter-Strike. So yeah, cognitive enhancements are extremely interesting for me, and that's why I'm so into it. And I went and built up a lab, imagine a team like Fnatic, for example, which is a great big organization. Yeah, They want to win the next major which is going to be, I don't know, in a month. They have those five dudes in this team. Imagine if there's a laboratory, like the human HVMN laboratory, and pretty much uh, the Fnatic come for you and say, we want to win the next measure. You guys do your job. And then we could pretty much have a cardiologist, a neutrologist that knows both words because cardiologists and neutrologists that know something is actually a really interesting thing. There's a guy in Brazil called Larry Ribeiro. He's mm. one of my mentors, and I'm actually doing an interview next month with him. He's a doctor, and he used to work on Harvard as a teacher, and he used to work as well in Baylor College of Medicine, Thomas Jefferson. He was a medic director in Mark Shopper and Dawn and vice president of the Siba Corporation, which is the biggest drug stuff out there that, that produces remedies, of course. And I learned a lot with this guy. And funny enough that the reaction time, everything I learned here in Brazil was with him. And that's why I back everything that I do. I don't just start doing crazy stuff with myself. I actually ask someone that knows how to do it. And then I learn and then I do my research, of course. And it would be amazing. So I would say like, it's like a psychometric expert. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, I think yes. that just... I, I think so. I think so. I, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, but I think just to like reflect on what you're saying, I mean, I think that's exactly the concept that we've been working on for the last four or five years. And I think when I hear someone else say, humans improving yourself, the best version of yourself, that's the language yeah. and the goal that we're all seeking towards. And I think the listeners on our podcast, the HVMN yeah. community, yeah. when we started off in the nootropic space and now in the ketogenic ketonester space, I think this movement is growing quicker and broader and hopefully we can be at the forefront of that because I think that in culture today, there's oftentimes perhaps like an acceptance of mediocrity. It's okay to not seek to improve oneself. And I think that shouldn't be the case. I think people should be inspired to look at themselves and see what they're weak at and improve on that. So I think exactly. you know, we're cut very much from the same cloth there. And I think that just like professional athletes and folks in the military are very attuned to physical attributes to optimize. I think esports athletes like yourself are at the cutting edge of cognitive performance, which will be probably more important in the long run because 
more and yes. more everyday people are going to be cognitive performers within our jobs. We're intellectual, creative workers now more than physical workers. So it becomes less and less relevant to say, hey, I can bench press 500 pounds versus 510 yes. pounds. But if you can solve math problems or be more creative when you're coding or conceptualizing designs, that's where yes. I think the real value is. And I think that folks like yourself at the forefront of a very competitive aspect of cognition like esports, you guys are at the tip of the spear. I think in the future, this is going to be extremely important, especially for esport athletes, because the esport athlete life in competing is like 20 years. Yeah. So if someone started at 16, he's going to end his career at 29. And this is terrible. Like, why should it be like this? You know, yeah. because as soon as we hit 25, our cognitive abilities start to go way down. The testosterone levels go down, reaction time goes down, and all of this together makes the athlete have less results in the matches. And pretty much he gets kicked out of his team just because he's old. And I know people that they got kicked out of their team because they were old. And I don't really think it should be like this. You know, yeah. we're in 2018. Like, we don't need to be like this. We can change ourselves. There's something called a neurogenesis that can rewire your brain. I don't know if you ever heard about it. Yeah, neurogenesis, that's one of the initial reasons how we got into the growth of new neurons. And I think what you're saying with longevity of athletes is very, very interesting. With the work with what we do with athletes and military, the experience you get over years is really, really valuable, especially in the warfighting context. There's like this interesting curve where with youth, you have the resilience, just the raw energy of being young and healing faster. The body slows down, but the experience level is what a lot of the older athletes and operators say are what differentiates the top of the top versus just an up and coming young gun. It's interesting to hear some of that in the esports world. Do you really see that performance drop that quickly or is it just like a bias thing? Like, why do you see people getting cut when they're crossing what the 25, late 20s age? Especially because they keep consuming sugar. And I know I can't say like uh, the brands or anything, but you already know, you know, yeah. when they're uh, practicing for a tournament and stuff, they're drinking all those energy drinks that has a ton of bullshit on it. Yeah. And I'm sorry for the word, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. It's terrible for your health. Yeah. Sugar is the worst thing for who wants to get a big level of anything. Because sugar decreases the production of neurotransmitters, and the neurotransmitters is what helps you to get the information from one cell to another cell. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty much to react faster. Sugar is out of the question. I used to drink like 12 Cokes a day. Oh, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. It used to be crazy, and I used to do it because I need to be awake because the routine on the esports used to be extremely, extremely hard for me because you need to practice for eight hours with your team and then you have games for more six hours. So it's extremely tired, man. Like, it's crazy. So you're just like but nonstop, right now, 14 hours just nonstop, on the computer. Like this, like this, nonstop. You have the blue light in front of you. You're probably familiar with I bought this monitor that doesn't have blue light at all and it's extremely important for the vision. But yeah, everything that like, the sugar does to people that want to react fast, it creates inflammation. You know, your concentrations level decreases. Decreases epinephrine, GABA, and the dopamine, which is the one that makes you feel good. Right. You know, sugar does all of this. And the problem is that the people that are competing, they don't have this mindset. They don't research just because they think, no, I'm going to take this and I will feel good for 10 minutes and this is going to make me be a champion. So you, you know? really think that it's a nutrition problem that's causing 100%. players to age quicker than they really should be? I know so because, so I had this little argument with the team that I was, I can't say it, of course, yeah. but they closed this brand with a big company that sells energy drinks. Right. And I was in a team, I was, I'm not going to drink this. You're not going to record me drink this for the propaganda or the advertising that they wanted to. They want me to drink a full can of it and be like, this is the thing. And, so, and I was, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it because I don't believe in this. And that's when I fought with, with the team and we part ways pretty much. It, it yeah. was fine though. They were friends, friendly people. Yeah. But I do believe this is a nutrition problem. But also nowadays we need to supplement. We yeah. need vitamins nowadays. We're living in a planet that the soil is extremely weak. For example, to get the nutrition of one apple actually from 19... 20s, I think you need 25 apples of today's. I don't know if you ever, if you ever read something about it, but I haven't seen the literature. But I've seen the literature that a lot of animals won't eat modern fruits because it's too sweet now. Exactly. In a, in a zoo, and, and which is, is so I don't know. I haven't seen the data on the density of nutrition, but I think some of the no. animal products like beef, chicken, like the density of meat is getting worse. So oh, there's something there, 100. 
Yeah, I was reading an article today about egg yolks in Brazil. Yeah. Because the chickens are eating too much corn, they pretty much tend to have more estrogen. I don't know. Right. Yeah, the ratio of omega-6, omega-3, right? Chickens and wild eat bugs, they eat crickets, they eat that higher protein load, and now they're eating grain because corn is really cheap. Now they're eating 100%. extremely... Yeah. Yes, exactly. I know it would relate. I know yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> but this is something that is happening worldwide and yeah. it's in the food. And imagine a player, now the players nowadays, and I know that because I talked very closely with a top-notch athlete in the esport world and also in other esports, like for example, poker yeah. for, per se. In poker is a very mind. You need to have a sharp mind when you're playing poker. Yeah. But in the esports, it's different because you're seeing your cognitive abilities in the game. So if one day you're good and the other day you're Mm, I'm missing those shots. Why? Like, and they don't understand. They think it's just because they didn't have much energy drink. And they go and they chug a liter of energy drink. And the next day, they're feeling worse and worse. And worse. So one thing goes to another. And it's like a domino effect. And as soon as they grow up and start aging, they become dumber, I should say. Because the sugar makes you dumb as well, you know, yeah. is one of the things makes the person not think properly, I should say. Yeah, I mean, we could get a whole sort of discussion just oh, yeah. on the sugar pathway. And just I think, we, yeah. yeah, but I, I'm actually curious to just get a sense of how you realize this so early. Is it because you came from a physical sports background in terms of playing tennis at a very high level? Is it something in terms of just like you researching and working with psychoanalysts or psychometricians and and doctors? Like, like how'd you uncover this path? Right. Because it sounds like you've done a lot of self-teaching and self-learning on nutrition, on nootropics, on neurogenesis. Um, Self-learning, self-teaching is important, but I don't believe in everything that I see in the internet because anyone has access to it. But I try to teach myself looking the Google medical articles and stuff like this. Of course, I researched nootropics. There's actually a very nice person called David Tommen. He's like a nootropic expert, mm. and I learned a lot from him. And I actually had a conversation with him on Skype with what would be the best nootropics for esports, in his opinion. Yeah. And I had my opinion, of course. But we figured out that talking with each other, um, Rodiello Rossell with Shaga and Lyos Main and L-Tianine would be the best nootropics for esports and for athletes. But also, if you don't take care of your vision in the esports, and this is something very common. I don't know if you see, normally esports athletes, they start to monitor like 12 hours a day. And this is very harmful for the eyes because of the blue rays that is coming out of the monitor. And they don't supplement with, say, lutein, zeaxatine, ashatine, for example, which is extremely important in the long term and to make a better vision. Me, myself, I had an experience which was extremely interesting for me in the point of scientific comparison because I did a study on my own, pretty much. I took an axotene with lutein with one microgram of bronze and some saffron. And I did it every single day for about a month. Yeah. And in the first day that I did, my vision was like 1080p. It went for 4K. In the very next day, I was already, wait, I was I was seeing this yesterday? Like, I was actually paying attention on my own self and actually seeing better for some reason. Huh. And it's interesting for me. It's very interesting. And that's when I decided, no, I need to go in depth. You know, I need to research more and learn more. And that's when I started to get in touch with Larry Ribeiro, which is the, for me, is one of the Brazilian heroes uh, besides Ayrton Cena and Gustavo Curtin is Larry Ribeiro for me. He's amazing. Actually, he knows how to speak English, so would be a really good guess for you. He's a very busy doctor, though, but I can try to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, I will think, yeah. I learned a bunch with him, especially in terms of nutrition. And when I started learning about all the nutrition in our body, how it works, and what you eat, is not only what you're eating, but what you're eating ate before. And as you're saying before about the chickens and the meats nowadays, the grass-fed meat has a different taste. You yeah. probably know that. It's amazing. So I think it's all related. So nowadays, with all the study that I do, with all the tracking that I do myself, I know so that I could transform an athlete from this level to this level, like this, in less than three months, two months. I know so, because I did it myself. Let's talk about that. I mean, I think it's like the devil's advocate or the skeptics would be like, oh, is this just placebo effect? But you're measuring the stuff. And I think that's why like the cognitive esports world is interesting because like for chess, for poker, there's not a lot of quantitative results, right? Like you can kind of say, hey, you're making better decisions or you feel sharper over time. But there's a lot of variance in poker, right? Because it's the form of gambling. But with esports, with reaction time, these are quantitative measures. So I love to understand and dive into how are you benchmarking numbers 
And how are interventions like nootropics able to manipulate and modulate these quantitative measures? Right. So I will try to give you an explanation yeah. how the competitive final, you're in the finals in front of 20,000 people online and on land, which are four teammates beside you with another five guys that you're playing against in the other side. And this is like, like just to give a sense of the games, like this is like Counter-Strike. Okay. Counter-Strike, Rainbow Six, um, whatever the game is, yeah. Battlegrounds. And you're there sitting on your own. Your teammates are nervous because they don't have enough GABA in their brain. Yeah. The glutamate is like super high because of the stress level. Yeah. And they're not really controlling their feelings over there. So if I knew this before, and I would give lt for all my teammates just so they could communicate well. Because when you're in a stress environment like this, extremely, extremely stressful. I remember, and that's actually a funny history. I was in Rio de Janeiro playing in tournaments. And it was like the semifinal. There was my team against the bigger team. They had like more people cheering for them and stuff like this. And there was a ton of people in the crowd. And I remember I did an awesome play. I got like three kills. And this pretty much is a win. It's a round for your team. Right. And then I look in the crowd and everyone is like, F you, like looking in my eye and being angry with me. Like they want to <laughs> beat me up. Yeah. You know, That's when I realized, dude, this thing is serious, man. I think I would need some security to get out of here. And <laughs> that's pretty much the end of it. Like I needed some security to get out of there because there's like some guys that want to beat me up. And when you're this stressful environment, if you can control your feelings, if you can control what you're thinking, if you can communicate better and have your and en en enhance your cognitive abilities this can help you out and help your team to become extremely extremely effective there was a book that i'm reading called executive effect effective executive i think tim ferris told me to read it and i've been reading for about a month i think and this book has nothing related to esports but i see some mindsets that is in the book that i could use for my team in esports and teach them yeah. And funny enough, when you're in this environment, a ton of things happens. First thing is the stressful from the crowd. You need to pay attention to your role in the game, but you also need to hear four other voices telling you information. So for example, I'm looking, let's say, the flank, which is the back part of the map that you're playing, and your teammates, you hear explosion. You need to register this explosion in your brain because something happened down there in the map that someone is rotating there to pick you, like to flank you or flank your team. You need to register this. But also at the same time that this happened, your teammate saying, Oh, we're gonna do this entrance. We chill smokes, one flash, you're gonna be here and you need to go there in 20 seconds. You need to register all of this at the same time and be able to digest and do your thing and do your, your role in the tactic or the strat or whatever it is so, so it could succeed. So that's when the nootropics come in handy for me. And I do think that, as I told you before, if HVMN had a lab, for, for instance, that could pick up a professional team, measure their bloods and see what is your blood type, what is your glucose, what are you guys in, teach them how to fast at least for one day so they could get rid of the, all the inflammation in their body, start the nootropics, start a good diet. In one month, they will be the world champions. And I know for a fact, because I did it myself, I know how to do it. And there's just enough technology for it. There's yeah. a red light therapy, there's a cryotherapy. The red light therapy is amazing. There's actually a flashlight therapy. I don't know if you ever heard about it. The flashlight therapy uses 40 hertz images flicking in front of your eye right. that activates neurons in your brain that were deactivated. And it's actually really good for Parkinson's disease and for Alzheimer's. It's actually extremely effective. Huh. And if you put this with coconut oil, for example, to rewire everything in your brain, that will create something for older, elder athletes to become better versions of themselves <laughs> even when they were 20 years old. Yeah. So we can go and go and go and I could stay days here talking to you about it because I know how much you have passion for this. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, I think the early research around, I think some of the infrared, infrared light, yeah, there's some interesting early, early signal yeah. there. But I think with the coconut oil, I mean, that's something our ketone ester would be just a 10x more potent oh, version yeah, of that, I right? Know. Like yeah. elevated ketones as a signaling effect for neurogenesis for a brain derived neurotrophic uh -huh. factor. It's interesting. So like you're really saying that by just really, really dialing in the esports players' physical metabolic vessel of their brain, that would have a material advantage in the current yes. paradigm of esports where everyone's physical body, like the stereotype of a gamer is not super healthy physically. Yeah, as you're saying, just sitting in front of a computer for 14, 16 yeah, hours a day, to. constantly jacked up on caffeine and sugar. Yes. And if you can just like rebuild some of the fueling for these very, very high performing individuals, you would change the game. It would. I believe if I could take a team and had the resources for it, I would make them champions in less than three months. <laughs> I believe this so much because all the research and all the things that I see happening with myself. 
you know, like my reaction time back in the day used to be 160, 180, which is good, you know. So 160, 180 milliseconds milliseconds per So responding Responding towards towards a stimuli. Yes, exactly. Normally the humans nowadays, the data that I have is that shows that a normal adult takes like 240 milliseconds to react to something. You, for instance, if you're in the fasting state, you probably take 190 because you don't really do it that much. You're a healthy person. So that's why you take uh, 190. The normal athletes, and I have the data because I asked other teammates to do the same, and I was like yeah. sneaking and annotating their data like, without any their knowledge. And I'm crazy about tracking. I track everything I do. Like this, For me, it's, it's the most important thing because I can see the evolution. And what yeah. I see from them is that 200 milliseconds, 190 milliseconds, it is terrible for an athlete. An athlete needs to have at least 180, which is the sweet point for athletes. But hmm. the reaction time, in, depending on the game, is not that important. It's more important the cognitive abilities in terms of short memory, ability to communicate, and vision. So for me, as an ex-athlete, I tend more to stay in YouTube nowadays. But for me, it's pretty much those three pillars. But of course, if you have an athlete that has extremely good cognitive abilities, like a fast reaction time, this could save like, for example, final points of a big tournament, you know, right. like it's a, it's a 1v1 and this guy has 135 reaction time, which is what I, I currently have. This guy has 190. This guy going to kill this right. dude 100%. I yeah. use the UFC example because it's extremely interesting. When the UFC fighters are sparring, they're pretty much trying to understand when the punch is going to come. So if the punch is coming from the left side, I need to go to the right side, to the left side, to my left side. And Imagine if a fighter has extremely fast reaction time, like 120 milliseconds, 110 milliseconds. Right. He would have such a big advantage and such an extremely fast thought against his opponents that would be almost a bit of... That's like the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, like they're just like dodging. Exactly. They're just seeing things coming yeah, much faster, t- responding much faster. For example, faster. Conor, he drinks too much. I know so because he's always drinking his proper 12 whiskey. I think he's doing it for marketing something. I think the guy's too serious I about know, his craft. I, like he knows alcohol is not good for performance. I know. And I, I, I think he's yeah. tricking Khabib to think that he's drinking, but he's actually not. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not drinking. I, he's he's no, serious. He's, I mean, the guy yeah. is not a fool. Yeah, yeah. Do you have some sense in terms of you know, baseball, I mean, generally athletes probably have a good reaction time because like that's what makes you a better physical specimen than like the other average human beings. I'm curious in terms of like the broader data, like average human around 250 milliseconds. Curious about baseball, tennis, you know, maybe football, you maybe need to be a little bit slower. I'm curious to have a sense across across the board here. I have some data on that. I can actually send zero if you you want to add it on. There's some really interesting stuff from, I think it was the EPA University. They did an EPA track that their baseball athletes uh, it's, it's like a software yeah. that their baseball athletes would go in every single day in the morning before the baseball warm-up or practice or whatever they're going to do that day. And they saw an increase of 20% in their reaction time just because they were mm. getting better vision. And so I have my routine every morning. First of all, wake up, make my bed, meditation 10 minutes, hydrotherapy, coffee, and then I do my neuro exercises. There's a company called Neuro Nation. They're located in Berlin, Germany. And I was contacted by them in my email um, about their tracking, pretty much exercises to make the person better, the cognitive enhancement exercises. And I pretty much do this every single day. So I've been doing it for about two months, I think, since I was contacting by them. So what are these exercises like? Like, is it like reaction time exercises? It's a mix. Memory tasks. So there's five exercises that you need to do, and they have a bunch more, but they ask for an age, for a blood type, which I think is extremely interesting. Like A, B, O, like literally blood type? Yes, yes. Um, hmm. And they ask as well for uh, your average reaction time. So they do all of this data, and they make the best cognitive enhancement training for yourself. So I see, yeah, I see. it's really interesting. And of course, you need to pay for this because it's, it's like $7, I think, payment. It's not that much. It's extremely cool for me. And I've been doing it for about two months. And there's a very cool exercise called clockwise. So there's two clocks and the pointers in the clock are going. And you need to pay attention both at the same time. And if one point jumps in a dot, like for example, the pointer needs to go to dot to dot. So you can't jump the dots. And you need to pay mm-hmm. attention in the dots. Whoever jumps, you need to click. And I've been doing this for a couple of weeks. And this today was when I got another level one. So it's three clocks. So I need to pay attention in three clocks at the same time. And they're moving extremely fast. One is like 20 kilometers. Another one is like five kilometers. So you need to keep track of all of them using your peripheral vision, your hand coordination with the mouse, 
you're breathing. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that you got to do in this exercise. There's another right. one called Patterns Way, I think, if I'm not mistaken. The right path, actually. And it's a bunch of, it's a pattern that you need to see in the screen. You need to memorize it. And there's a bunch of patterns that are going to start rolling in front of you in the screen and rolling around extremely fast. And you need to recognize yeah. as fast as possible what is the right pattern for that. So this creates in your mind, because the image is doing like this, you need to re-angle, mix the, the right angle for that. All right. It's a bit of like spatial orientation yes. and then also a bit of inspection time, how fast can you remember yes, patterns. Exactly. But I want to get back like to the original. Like the original question was, you know, like baseball, football, other types of athletes. Let's get a sense of the yes. range here. So it's funny because there's so much good information in that I almost lose the track. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. from my study, the baseball athletes, especially the pitcher. And then the batters, right? I mean, that's probably the main reaction time. How fast can a batter respond to the pitch? The data that I saw, and it's actually from UCLA, the University of California. Yeah. Uh, from data that I saw yeah. from that is 160 milliseconds to 180 milliseconds, okay. which is bad, in my okay. opinion. I can make their athlete go to probably 120, 110, and this will make an extremely difference for them. Yeah, that's 33% reduction of response, yes. right? I mean, I it's mean, wild. When you're talking about stuff... What is your reaction? Currently time? 110 to 80, 97. And it's 97 MS when I'm doing the hydrotherapy only. I can't okay. do 97 like without hydrotherapy because when you do the hydrotherapy, which is something extremely interesting... Um, you activate a hormone called adipinoxetin. I don't know if you ever heard of Yeah, so what is hydrotherapy? Like hydrotherapy is the Germans used to do it. So when you go to extremely um, hot shower, for example, it's going to uh -huh. open your blood vessels and yeah. you have like uh, ice pads close to it. And you're going to take the extremely hot shower, open your blood vessels as much as you can, go to the cold baths, with some really ice, crazy ice, and you're yeah. not going to have hypothermia. Uh, hypothermia uh, it's, I don't know how to say it in English. Hypothermia, yes. yeah. You're not going to have this. You're not going to yeah. get a cold or anything like this. But what's going to make is going to produce the hormone called adipinoxetin. It's going to activate. But also something oh. that I learned is that when you do it, it activates stress in your body. And the stress is really good, but I'm going to get to the stress part. But adipinoxetin is extremely interesting because it enhances your cognitive abilities a lot. Hmm. And it acts like a fat burner pretty much because it produces brown fats and the brown fats uses heat. Yeah, you know, yeah, you already yeah. know. And the yeah. adipinoxetin also helps you to get rid of the brain fog and all the stuff that you would have normally. So, so it's like, it's a really like basically like just like heat shocking yourself. Yes. Except like you make a, as big of a delta as possible, yes. right? You open up all your blood vessels. So you just dump a lot of heat as quickly as yeah. possible. Get that delta, get that heat flex. And then you release all these hormones as a response. Yeah. And then I guess subjectively, you feel sharp after you Dude, do that huge so uh, temperature dump. I feel so sharp. I feel like it's like this. Like after yeah. two minutes of thing, of course, you can't just go and take like a bucket of ice and throw it in your head. It's not going to make nothing. You're just going to feel like weird right. for, for a little bit. That's all. You need to go yeah. and stay for a bit. You know, you need to go to the extremely hot water open your blood vessels and stay in the bath with ice. And it's going to be very hard in the beginning. But after three times, yeah, four it's, times, it's going to be yeah. like extremely Like right now, I take cold showers like this. Like for me, it's nothing anymore. And Beethoven used to take cold showers just to write his music. So I, huh. yeah, for, for some reason, they used to do it. It's just a curiosity. Uh, yeah. that can't but yeah, the adipinoxetin burns calories to produce heat. It's extremely good for your brain, for your mind state. And I see that I can feel the concentration when I'm doing the reaction time test, for example. When you get so concentrated that you can do 97 MS, I want to understand how do I do this? How do I stay in this concentration state? And that's yeah. when I start studying the L-theanine effects before the cold shower because I used to take the cold shower without anything and I used to feel extremely like I could control my breath, you know, uh, because when you do the hydrotherapy in the cold, you can't control, it's like, it's, like you can't breath properly. And yeah. with the L-theanine, yeah. with the sublingual L-theanine, you, you can't take like uh, via oral, like like normal pill. You need to take sublingual. And right. The taste is terrible. But when you take sublingual, it reacts with the saliva, which has a lot of minerals, and it's faster absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. Sublingual typically, yeah, through oral yes. tissue versus through the GI tract. That's, that's yeah. what I was trying to say. L-theanine doesn't taste that. Well, I mean, I guess like I... It doesn't taste that bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but, you know... Uh, because you taste the Easter, yeah. and the Easter is probably the, <laughs> the worst for you. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm joking, by the way. I, I'm, I'm just going hard on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the L-teening, yeah, I take the L-teening before the shower, and I can control my breath. I can see my mindset, and I can even think about my tasks that I will do after. 
And before I couldn't control anything. It's funny because I don't know if it is because I'm doing too much. It's like the, my 10th time that I'm doing or if it is because right. of the LTN. But I feel the LTN give me a mindset to understand everything that is around and is happening to me. And I can feel it. But I don't feel pain. I don't feel dizzy. I don't feel anything. I feel concentrated. Yeah, well, I think one of the interesting things is that like, so L-theanine, which is found in our sprint stack, it's an anxiolytic. Uh, I'm just actually curious. So you obviously want some stimulation or some stress, like the Yurt-Stogson curve, right? Like there's a sweet spot of having enough stress for this is interesting, but not too much stress where you're freaked out. Do you ever find that like with L-theanine, you get too far relaxed? Or do you find that the L-theanine puts you right in a sweet spot zone by itself? Because for a sprint, that's we stack it with caffeine. So we find like that's nice yes. you know, Goldilocks zone. I'm actually just curious from your perspective. Right. So I did yeah. some research and I tested on myself. Like, again, I'm yeah. not a doctor. Don't play one on the internet. But I do stuff on myself. Yeah. And I'm saying because what I test in myself, I see a sweet spot. Because when I take L-theanine, if I take like 600 milligrams of L-theanine. It's a pretty big dose. Pretty big dose. Um, depending yeah. on the body type and depending on, the, on, the, on how much weight the person has, has a right dosage. Yep, you probably yep, know that. Yep. But the L-theanine, when I take it, my reaction time goes way down. Like, let's say I'm doing 145 reaction time in the morning, which is normally what I have, 137, 145. Yeah. I take the l it goes out to 240. It goes out to 360. Just because of the altenine makes your stress levels go down. It produces more GABA. The glutamate goes yeah. down. Like... It makes something in your brain that you're going to feel relaxed and pay attention, concentrate, but your reaction is going to be yeah. terrible. So yeah, reaction time goes up. I mean, it's the inverse, right? Reaction time goes slower. Exactly. You have a slower reaction exactly. time. Okay. And a sweet spot yeah. that I found uh, for me, and I was doing tests with the sprint. And the yeah. sprint, I don't know if it is the sprint. That, yeah, the sprint, you have 200 milligrams yeah. healthy and yeah. 100 caffeine, right? Yeah. And I see yeah. this is a very good sweet spot because I could have the concentration of the alternine without the jittery of the coffee. And I could right. actually pay attention. So this product yeah. is extremely effective. But I take thank you. No, yeah. I'm not saying just because I'm talking with you is is actually really effective. Congratulations for it. I don't know what research it did, but depending on the body weight, I need to take two to feel all the effects. But yeah. it's it's very interesting when you see the right dosages and the right microdosing and the right need that your body are asking for is extremely interesting. Yeah, I think it, it is real, like the different ratios of caffeine, L-theanine, which is actually nice. It confirms a lot of the peer-reviewed re- literature out there where caffeine, L-theanine does seem to have some sort of synergistic effect beyond just caffeine alone or L-theanine yes. alone. So that's interesting to hear that. What your experience does match literature where you get the anxiolytic calming effect with L-theanine. So I'm not surprised to hear that your reaction time increases, but it probably improves your resilience to taking that kind of heat and cold shock. And then when you want to improve your reaction time by decreasing your response time, getting some of that sprint effect or that caffeine effect seems to actually work. I'd love to get you to use our yeah, ketone I'm, extra I'm on that because yeah. there's a similar anxiolytic effect with ketones. And I think a lot of the same effects from fasting and all of that, yeah. it, it'd be interesting to see what a high level of beta hydroxybutyrate will do to your response times. One thing that I noticed is that I don't know how, but I born with a good reaction time since I was younger. I knew it. And I was imagine what type of crazy human could have with, if it, if it do something like extraneal uh, cranial stimulation. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about right. it. Like you can put a uh, nine bolt batteries and, uh, you know, yeah, TCDS. Exactly. Yeah. This. Imagine if we could do this with a human being that is already good in reaction time, but also take something like the Ether that you guys produce or also something yeah. like modafinil together or phenylphoracetone together right. and those, you know, of course, not all the time because for your liver, your liver going to suffer with that. But it's more about what type of crazy human being we would have and what type of mentality this person would have. And if this person could think so fast that he can keep in touch with his own thoughts or, you yeah. know, the, the problem solved thing, for example, in companies nowadays or even in the army, uh, for example, that's, that would be extremely good for the uh, American SEALs team that I knew you guys work with. If a sniper could have a better reaction time than the other enemy sniper, for example, especially in-game. I see this happening in-game all the time. Like nowadays, I yeah. go to a game that has a sniper, nobody beats me. And it doesn't matter the game it is. I can tell you this just because of the reaction time. And of course, there's games that you can't use the reaction time, but the main part of the games and the main part of the high top-notch athletes would be amazed by that. For instance, Roger Federer, he's like 33 years old, 34, I'm not sure. Right. He's, he's one of my 
main role models in my life. Yeah. And I don't know if he has or not a great reaction time, but if he doesn't have it right now, imagine Roger Federer having extremely fast reaction time up to 120, yeah. 97 milliseconds, which is almost instantaneously. Imagine right. this guy with this. Imagine like Conor McGregor with a 97 MS reaction time. Imagine what type of right. freak of the nature we could create. You know, I'm actually curious. So, like baseball is like 161 80. Yeah. So, like baseball, you weren't super impressed with. Have you seen any other sports? So like, I, I it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to track all the sports athletes. I'm trying to get in touch with some of them, but here in Brazil, it's a little bit hard to get in touch with high end players. Athletes. Because they, they all yeah. have contracts and it's, it's, it's too much bureaucracy. But I'm trying to get in touch with tennis players at first. But of course, I need a good laboratory that I can send them in so they can test properly. I don't want to just, hey, right. do the test and tell me how it was. I want to actually record everything. I want to do it properly. Because and if I know how to do it properly, I want to back all my study and everything that I did on myself to see if I can do in this person, like increase like 70% of his ability. So... I want to keep tracking all of them, but I know probably soccer players, the, the players that stay in the goal, like trying to catch the ball, they probably have extremely good reaction time because yeah. there's kicks up to 200 miles an hour. And if you don't have a good reaction time, you're dead. Like, doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. In the tennis court, for example, I used to play against a guy and he was like the mini Roddick. With Roddick, he used to be an athlete that used to serve like up to 220 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing yeah. athlete and also really nice person. And this guy used to go up to 190. And I used to play against him. This is like 130 miles per hour, just for people in, in America. So like 120, 130 miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. I used to be the only one that used to serve back and actually return the serve because all the other people yeah. uh, used to be like, dude, how, how are you returning his serve? Like, I don't know. For me, I just can You're see seeing it. it. I just can You're see. seeing exactly. it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. when it snaps for me. And I'm amazed by that. But one thing that I see talking about esport players now, and it's probably for the top-notch athletes, they probably have neutrologists and cardiologists that, of course, they do. But for esports, we have like a little bit, but not extremely serious like we're talking here. And one thing that I see in those players is that they're lacking sun, vitamin D, which is actually a hormone. But they're actually D hormones so much, so much because they stay indoor all the time. They don't do some walks. And, yeah. and the major part of the players go out to the beach and they put like sun protectors and it actually doesn't protect from anything. You know, like I don't know if you know, it's actually a cool thing to say. The sun emits like three ultraviolet rays. So it's the A, B and C. Right. The C doesn't get here. 95% that gets here is the A ray. And 5% right. is the B-ray, which is the one that produces the D hormone in your body. And the major part of the sun protectors protect you against the ultraviolet B, which is the only one that is good for you. So huh. if you use the sun protector, it's going to just protect you against the B-violet, but the A-violet, which is the terrible one for your health, that produces uh, melanoma, yeah. for example, or can uh, skin cancer, doesn't protect you at all. So, yes. Really? I thought SPF will cover A and B, but no, okay. I mean, it's actually, it's actually a thing. And there was a really cool huh. study from Larry Barrow, which is the doctor that I told you before, that he talks about it. Yeah. And extremely, extremely interesting. And I see that the players doesn't go and they don't take enough sun. And funny enough that when the vitamin D gets you in your body, it produces uh, calciferol and then goes to your liver and yeah. produces calcidio and then the kidder and calcitriol. Yeah. And what it does yeah. when you don't take enough for a long time, for, let's say for six months or three months, which is the time pr pretty much that the players are in the gaming houses uh, practicing for a big tournaments, you're going to feel uh, dizzy. You're going to feel not concentrated because one thing helps another thing. I mean, it's also like the seasonal this mood disorders, exactly. right? When people are in winter, they're not getting enough sun. I think that's just like a flaw of modernity. Yeah. I think most people today just don't get enough sun. Yeah. And if you do get sun, I think there's a lot of education around putting on sunblock, which is like sensible. But I think it's like almost to the extreme now where it is okay to get like 20 minutes of sun yeah. on your body because you need vitamin D production. Yeah. And I think that's almost, we're, we're so far away from skin cancer and, and that culture where it's like, yeah, yes, it's if you're going to be out in the thing, beach yeah. 10 hours a day, then yeah, yeah. you Wear sunblock. Sunburns sun suck. Like yes, I, I'm not saying yeah. that people can't use sun protector. I'm saying if you're going to stay in the best time, which the best time for taking sun, vitamin D, is the 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And the best sun is 12 a.m., 
which is a lot. Yeah. Lots of people say that is not it's the most dangerous, but it's not. It's, it's the one is is the sun that most uh, receives the B ray, which is the, the ray that help mm-hmm. you out to produce the hormone D three, which ends up with the hydroxy in your body. So when you don't have it, the type of stuff you you have difficult to observe minerals and all tons of other stuff. And when the person doesn't acquire that much sun, especially in the esports. It has difficult to, even if he eats healthy or anything, it's not going to be really good for the person. It's going to be terrible, actually. So it's one of the things. It's interesting. I think you're just highlighting a lot of the issues with modernity. It's a kind of a funny way to think about it. Like in esports athlete, it's really like the most futuristic version of a human in some sense where like if you project out what intellectual laborers will look like, it's like probably a lot of focused cognitive work probably indoors like you guys are kind of like the canary in the coal mine of what a lot of people could look like in terms of their daily jobs it's funny you saying this because from all the players that i know pretty much none of them are doing all the researches that i'm doing and all the tests that i'm doing myself because they don't really care i mean it's young it's a young man and woman's sport if if you're like 20 years old and you care about your profession and you, you want to be the best. You want to research everything that you can and read all the books possible. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing in the daily basis. And if I find out that in the end, it's like I worship this so much. For me, it's like amazing to have a human that is depressed or sad. In the next few months after doing everything, having a healthy diet or doing some fasting or taking the right nootropics for the person, it completely changes the way that person lives. For me, this is amazing. In the esports, if I can take a team, let's say I'm using the Fnatic example. If the Fnatic comes to us and be like, hey, do whatever you guys want with our team, they, they need to be next month world champions. We can do it. And again, people's skepticals, they're going to, this guy's bullshitting. Like, this is impossible. But no, you guys right. produced the Easter. This is something impossible. And you guys did. Everything is possible. Yeah, I mean, it's quantifiable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about getting the data. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually curious to learn more about the other biomarkers that you're tracking or metrics you're tracking. So reaction time is a main one. Makes a lot of sense. Anything else that you're tracking on a continuous basis? Other than my reaction time, I track my precision and my peripheral vision, which is a little harder to track because I have like six monitors here. So I put all the monitors in a straight line and my peripheral vision is like this. Right. So I'm doing an exercise that I created for myself. Uh, I have like a gray area and a little mark is going to appear in one of the screens. And I need to see my peripheral vision is one of the things that I do to track my peripheral vision. And this thing that's going to appear in the screen is extremely soft. It's almost transparent. So you can't really see even if Mm. you're looking at it. So it's one of the things that I do to help track. And it actually enhances your vision a little bit, uh, as as far as I notice in myself. But I don't have scientific data to track what I'm saying for you right now, but I track it in myself. And again, personal experience, I'm not a doctor, but it helps me. It helps. uh, I see that it's actually enhancing stuff. For example, I would use this silly example for you. In the game that I play, it's called Rainbow Six, there is an operator called Lesion, and Lesion has Lesion Mines that is transparent in the map. You can't really see. And the major part of the players fall for this trap. I never fall for it again. After I started doing I never, (laughs) I swear to God, you, you, you just see, see these like the mines. I see, the mines on the- I see because it's transparent and I, my, my eyes used to track now the transparent things. And even one thing that I noticed is that when I woke up at that's, night. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's one thing that I noticed <laughs> when I woke up at night. Uh, I don't need to turn on the lights. And it's actually going to decrease my melatonin production, of course. But I don't turn on the lights right. at all and I can see everything. Doesn't matter how dark the room is. If there's a little bit of light, I can see anything. And I, I'm not going to fall. I can go to the bathroom without turning on the light. So it's another thing that I saw happening on myself, on my own, with my own experience that I think is amazing. And I would do 100% with a player that, hey, I want to become a better version of myself. Can you help me out? I would do this test with him every single day and track him every single day. Because... It is actually works. And this is another t- a way to track that I use uh, to track my peripheral vision plus the vision to yeah. see small objects or objects that you can't see pretty much. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, it sounds like aside from just like nootropics, there's a lot yes. of just actual training. Like clearly you've really just like sharpened your yes. senses, your visual acuity is very, very high. I mean, have you tested interventions like nootropics or hydrotherapy to see if that affects your peripheral the- vision? Like does fasting affected? I was just sort of curious in terms yeah, of so as I'm you're tracking this, do interventions improve harm peripheral I'm vision? I'm currently tracking only the reaction time with the hydrotherapy 
I see that I'm burning okay. lots of fat because of the hydrotherapy too, but I'm not really using for this. I'm using more to the reaction time and I'm just tracking this. I don't like okay. to do all of the same time because I want to know exactly what happened and exactly why I got the that result. And the hydrotherapy with the alternine has shown and also, I forgot to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to start using the lion's mane mushroom, which is actually mm -hmm. a very interesting mushroom. I think Paul Statesman, his last name is Statesman, uh, he's an extremely smart dude, and he understands a lot of mushroom. And when he talks about the lion's mane and how it enhances your cognitive abilities, it is amazing. And I'm excited to try this nootropic as well with the hydrotherapy and plus yeah. the alternate. The coffee increases the reaction time, of course, but the lion's mane, I think, is going to increase more just because of the substance that it has and how, how it acts in the brain and, of course, how, how, how I can track this. And I will see what is the best nootropic for the reaction time. And I'm doing tests uh, to yeah. see what is the best and, and to find the hotspots of this type of stuff. Yeah, no, curious to get your experience from lion's mane. I mean, the research we've seen on lion's mane itself is that it's potentially a precursor for BDNF which might be more of a chronic yes. effect than an acute effect. So I wouldn't necessarily expect your reaction time to improve just with an acute dose of lion's mane, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like there's not a ton of RCT human data on lion's mane, but uh, you know, let's see. People ignore mushrooms a lot. And I think that's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. There's like 5 million yeah. out there. One of them going to be amazing. I promise you that, you know? One of them. So if you, if you <laughs> well, I'm, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just like just within the whole botanical space, like a lot of medicines come from yeah. fungus, plants, right? So just like to me, it doesn't really matter where the source is, just how effective it is, right? And if it comes from a mushroom, if it comes from a synthetic lab, if it comes from a plant, let's just see a randomized controlled study on the compound, yeah. on the endpoints, and hopefully... It works. If it works, it's great. Let's let's look at it more. If it doesn't work, well, yeah, I'm let's crazy. look at something else. I mean, that's what we do as scientists, right? Like you're very much, I think, take kind of a scientific approach on terms of like, okay, reaction time is one of the most important markers for an esports player. Let me study. That's something that's easily studied. Let me study it. Yes. Let me optimize the protocol for it, which I think is smart. One of the greatest thing through all this journey that I'm doing, and I'm actually writing the book with everything that I'm doing, all the tasks, and I keep tracking of everything because I think it's important. Oh. And if I actually had the ability to do this with someone else. I'm trying to approach labs to do it uh, with myself. Of course, we need a good amount of money to write equipments, like for example, cryogen equipments, you know, the red light therapy, the isolation right. chamber, which is something that I'm fascinated by. And I don't know if did you ever did isolation chamber. Yeah. I have not, but yeah, I'm curious about it too. Like a float tank, right? Just like Epsom salt float there's, tank. There's lots of really terrible float tanks out there. So you need to search a very high quality one because in the float tank, the water is in the temperature of your skin. So it looks like you're actually floating. It's amazing. And when you're inside yeah. there, there's no noise. There's no light in. It's just you and your thoughts. And what I think in the long term could make with someone is to get the concentrations level with such a high level. I couldn't imagine, like, imagine an athlete like, let's say, John Jones in his top fight, he needs to fight for the title. Imagine if he does like a flow tank experience and concentrates in a level that... You know, I, I I don't know how there's no scientific test on the float tank because I think it's amazing. Like right now you're sitting in a chair, you have a show in your feet right now and everything is reacting. Like I'm listening to the sound of your voice right now. I'm reacting to it. I'm reacting to my hands. I'm reacting to my ring. I'm reacting to stuff around my hand, the light. Imagine if you're inside a tank that you can't feel, you can't react, you can't feel pain because you're not in touch with something and it's just you and your mind right. inside the tank. Imagine the level of concentration yeah. and imagine if you take some modafinil on it or some microdosing, I don't know, some crazy microdosing that we can find, of course. Imagine what can do right. with a person, you know. I heard that Joe Rogan really likes the isolation chamber and I heard that when he used to go, he used to imagine the movements and the fighting or something like this, the clinch. And then uh, uh, he said that he becomes a better fighter because of it. And I think that would be amazing even for athletes in esports, you know. So I do think if we have an extremely huge lab with all this technology and one person that understands everything, a cardiologist or a neurologist and the people that really enjoy this, get a team and do this, 
I think we would have war champions there. (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's a few people I think that are cut from that cloth and have a similar idea. I think it's like it is so hard to integrate all these approaches together. But I think it is inevitable that people will consolidate all these technologies. Yeah, and I think maybe just beyond just any specific thing with the float tank, I think it's just like in the modern day, there's so much information inundation. So just having some time to actually just be within your thoughts, digest the troubles or the stressors of the day. And I think the visualization side, can you actually just have dedicated time to focus on your craft? The float tank seems to be a very effective tool to clear out mental space for that. Absolutely. I think for me, meditation is important, extremely important. As I told you, and when I was in class and I saw the teacher, I could sit down and pay attention because for me it's the most boring thing in the world. I'm not going to use this for my life. Why I'm here? You know, and I used to run out of the class and go to the tennis court always. And nowadays I see meditation like this, at least in the beginning. Like I can't sit and not thinking about nothing. For me, it used to be a pain in the ass. But nowadays when I do it, yeah, I think it's one of the most important things for my day to go on. You know, especially in my mindset, I put my mindset in a way that, okay, I accomplish my first thing of the day. And our mind is crazy. If in the first thing of the day, you accomplish something throughout your day, you're going to have an awesome day just for some reason. I don't know how to explain. I'm not really deep into it. Okay. But I see that meditation helps me to get a better mind state. And I'm actually playing and listening to a ton of people talking at the same time and digesting information and taking decisions in the heat because you need to take decisions like this extremely fast. If you have a clear mind, if you're in the right nootropics, for example, this can help you out. This can make you extremely effective. Yeah. And this is what I'm searching for. Do you feel like in your craft as a you know esports professional, then uh, do you feel like you're overly inundated with information and then th- therefore you have to be really thoughtful how to unplug? So are you like constantly with your devices? I mean, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot, running a company, you know, podcast, yes. a lot of community members. And I think I find myself that yes. I need to just unplug from a lot of this stuff so it can actually have room to think. How do you play with the plugged, plugged in, in plugged yeah. keyed in version of Vince and then the unplugged version of Vince? I mean, is this something yes. that you've structured a lot of thought around it or something you're exploring with? In the evening, when it started to be like 9 p.m., which is a time that I normally go to sleep, I started to unplug there. And the first thing that I do to unplug is to read something that has nothing to do with my daily routine or that would add for my brain or any information that would add something good for my brain. Of course, I'm going to read something like a curiosity website that I will see, oh, the pyramids of Egypt, what is inside? Like, you know, something like this to unplug. But also I take magnesium, which is really good. I take like three doses of magnesium. The magnesium demolate, which is extremely good for the heart and also to get you to sleep. And I do a cocktail of cranberry with apple cider vinegar and water. I take this after Mm. 25 minutes that I'm doing anything I want. I can listen to a podcast that talks about something cool. For instance, I was listening to the Pat Cash podcast that you recorded. Awesome. I was using this to unplug. And I was like, and, and, and funny enough, yeah. this reminds me of my days of tennis and the court, like running around, and uh, you know, and that's how you got to unplug. It's extremely important for the brain because yeah. especially you have a great company. I see your company in 2020, 2019, going to go to the billion Patamar, and I'm 100% sure it's going to happen because this is going to blow up. If the Nootropics award, when it gets introduced to the esports, it's going to get so big. There's so much people trying to compete against each other, especially in the esports and gaming. When they realize this, it's going to go like, I can't even say how crazy it's going to be. And that's how I used to unplug. Like I do my cocktail with apple cider vinegar, which is extremely good for your body. Even at night helps you burn fat, helps you to get to sleep and to get more a deep sleep, which is important for energy. And that's how I unplug. And I think this is extremely, extremely important, especially for your emotional part, the problem solving solving part in the next day, memory, language, judgment, everything is important. It's related to your sleep. If you don't sleep well, you're not going to have a good day in the next day probably. Are you doing stuff with sleep tracking, like heart rate variability? I'm about to do it. I bought the auto ring. I, I think this is an extremely... Yeah, I'm wearing one right I'll now. It. It's great. I, I know it. We could, I know it. That's, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, this is the type of tracking that when it gets into this level, you learn with yourself. You learn with your body. And if you can learn with your body, what, what is the best teacher to introduce more stuff like nootropics in your life? you know, or a vitamin, other type of vitamins oh. or see your tracking. Oh, I'm not sleeping well. 
what is this? I need to start sleeping around. And then I, I used to have problems with insomnia a lot because, again, my mind goes crazy when I'm having a day or when I'm gaming. And I learned that as soon as I start taking this little cocktail, I forgot everything. For me, is my time, is my silence, and it's time to go to sleep, having a good night of sleep and be ready to the next day. And hustle, that's it. Very cool. Any other topics we should cover before we wrap up? Dude, I know we would relate just because how crazy you are about this stuff and how crazy I am about this stuff. I have 100 <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I know it. And especially to, related to reaction time and ketones, I want to try the ketone Easter with 4.2 millimoles and some modafinil to see how sharp my mind will be to reaction time. I think it would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think like, like no, we'll have sure. Zil send you some and love to just get some data yes, on yes. that. I think it'd be just great content. And I think I'm bullish on the result there. So a lot of our work is moving forward. Like traditionally, it's yes. been focused on physical performance with endurance athletes. But a lot of the work that we're doing now and moving forward is focused on cognitive performance. So we're excited about some of the work there. What's next for you? I mean, it sounds like you got the YouTube, Twitch channels. Like, well, you know, what are the big oh, projects for the rest of the year? That's a great question. You know, like, it sounds yes. like you got a book going. You want to set up this biohacker, cognitive performance, esports suite. I have some investors that are searching me. I can't really say the company right now, but I had a great conversation with the right. guy. And he was very interesting in my idea to open this big laboratory. It would be a laboratory for top-notch athletes. Because imagine nowadays, you probably know a lot of, this is a cryogen laboratory, this is a, a, a isolescent chamber laboratory that you come, this is a sauna. This is a, imagine one laboratory that has all of this. Yeah, it's not integrated. I agree, it's, it's not integrated. With one person that understands everything. And that will track your blood type. You're already a good top-notch athlete. Imagine all of this integrated in less than three months, changing the life perspective of this person and get him to the level that he would think that he will never reach. And I do this on myself, on right. my own, without having all of this stuff. But imagine if we could, you know? And that's why I approached some companies. It's funny enough, some companies approached me. I don't know how they know about this stuff that I'm doing. But talking about this, I do think that will happen in the future. Just need the right people. As I always say, again, I would talk about Zill. This guy over there behind the camera with you, that's a smart dude. You got to keep him. You have... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's still some mass trying to find the podcast. I mean, I'm just here. I get to have a fun conversation. If but you have good people around you, keep them around you, man. It's the most important thing in life. 100%. Um, again, I have my wife that supports me more than anything. If you have good people around you that can help you out and want your success and want to be part of it and want to, and, and of course, it's good people and want to change the planet, change the world, change the way that we live in. Keep them around you because that's when you're going to change something. That's when you're going to do the difference. That's when it, you know, you're going to increase your project. And that's why I always, when I find good people, I always try to keep them around me or even, you know, help them out with, without charging anything or even like giving some value, you know, because for example, given the, the sprint for my friend today was something that he was not expecting. But when I teach him about everything, he was like, damn, I'm actually getting too antsy sometimes. And when I give him this and I talk about the Elton, and I was like, I want to try, man. This is going to help me so much because he has like 30 shops around yeah. Sao Paulo. So that's what I'm talking, like creating value with people and having good people around you. And Zoo is a guy. Keep him around you, man. 100%. Well said. So how do our listeners find you? How do they follow you? You're on Twitter, you're on YouTube. Uh, pretty much official noted. But if you search for reaction time, world records, uh, it's going to appear probably as the first one. But other than that, I'm doing the book. Of course, it's going to take a while to do everything because I want to keep tracking of everything really, really nice. But yeah. other than that, I received some opportunities to go back and start competing again. And I was very curious how I would compete now that I know all this stuff and that I'm doing all this stuff with myself. But I'm so into it yeah. now that I can't go back. You know, I want to keep researching. I want to keep doing the stuff and see where I go. Yeah, I mean, let's definitely sure, keep man. in touch and follow the journey. I think we'll definitely have you back on and ex keep exploring this journey with you. So thanks so much for taking the time to jump on the program. It was amazing. Yeah. Again, thank you very much. Your company is amazing. I really admire what you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks for tuning in this week, everyone. As always, please send my producer Zill and I any feedback or topic or guest suggestions to podcast at hvmn.com. We read every single message and work really hard to make this program valuable and educational for you. Also, don't forget our ongoing special offer. 
by leaving a review on iTunes, you can get a one-month supply of our new Omega-3 product, Kato. Simply rate us with a written review on iTunes, screenshot it, and send it out to our email hotline. Again, that email is podcast at hvmn.com. Appreciate the love and support, and I'll see you again next week.